Welcome back to episode two of the Top Flight Investor podcast. Today we're going to be talking about passive investing and active investing and the difference between the two different strategies. So it's probably best to start with what is active investing. So active investing is a strategy that involves frequent trading, so buying and selling uh, on a regular basis typically with the goal of beating average stock market returns. So it's probably what you think of when you imagine traders on Wall Street picking up the phones with all the complex numbers and codes all over their big monitors. Uh, These days it's not as complex as that. You can just pick up your own smartphone or your laptop and buy and sell shares from your couch. So as I mentioned, generally active investors try to beat the market. So the market is generally an index of some sort. So an index can be like the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, or the NASDAQ, for example. Looking a little bit closer at one of those, say the S&P 500 is an index. That means it's just a list of companies within that index. So the S&P 500 is 500 large, probably the largest companies in the United States, and they are listed within that index. So these active investors are trying to beat this index. So say S&P 500 index averages about 10% per year. These active investors are trying to get greater returns than 10% per year. When we talk about active investing, there can be active fund managers. So you are giving them money to invest and they're putting it into a fund and they are pulling stocks into that fund. They're selling stocks out of that fund and they're doing all of this to beat the market and they are charging you a fee for their services because they are the experts in the field and they might charge you say 2% a year for that knowledge and for actively managing your portfolio. Then there can be active investing for people like you and I who are on our smartphones trading shares. So we might think that, oh, it's a good time to sell this share now it's gone up or one of the shares are not going so well, so we want to get rid of it. So you're kind of trading those shares. So using an active fund manager to look after your portfolio and actively trade the shares on your behalf can be all well and good because the goal is to beat the market but you're paying say the two percent management fee and on top of that they can also take a percentage of the profits so it can work out to be quite a bit of extra money from your portfolio being pulled out to pay for their salaries and their bonuses warren buffett often recognized as the world's most successful investor he's somewhere in the top 10 richest people in the world he had a one million dollar bet with active fund managers back in 2008 and they put one million dollars on the line to charity for the person that had the best returns over the next 10 years so warren buffett ended up winning this bet just by using the vanguard s p 500 fund and the fund managers were obviously actively trying to beat the market by buying and selling shares warren buffett basically pointed out that the two and 20 fee structure which is generally adopted by the funds so two percent management fee and then 20 percent of the profit means that the managers were showered with compensation despite only giving quite average returns which over that period did not beat the market looking at everyday investors that are not fund managers people like you and i we can be exposed to trends so in active investing it's very easy to hop on a bandwagon and follow trends so it might be that you jump on some kind of meme stock or some kind of pandemic related stock looking at an interesting example of a pandemic related exercise fad is peloton so peloton is 
a bike with a fancy screen and it gives you exercises to do and it was very popular during the pandemic. So in January 2021, Peloton stock was $160 per share. As of today, the shares are now trading at below $10 because of things like easing pandemic restrictions. People have started going back to the gym. People have stopped working out altogether. They've gone back to the bar. So all up, that's about a 94% loss. So say you had invested $5,000 into Peloton at the high, you'd be left with about $300 today. So what becomes very difficult with trend-based investing is determining if you're at the tip of the trend or if there's still room to grow. In terms of this example with Peloton, it's hard to say what the future holds. Is the share price going to recover to the heights of $160 from the current $10? Who knows? Netflix is another example of a stock that did really well during the pandemic. Now that restrictions are easing, a lot of people are finding entertainment elsewhere and dropping their subscriptions. Now the stock is down about 70% from the peak. Now moving on to what is the opposite of active investing and that would be passive investing. Passive investing is a strategy centered on buying and holding assets for the long term. It's best described as a hands-off approach. So you can choose an investment and then you hold through the ups and downs with a longer term goal in mind. That might be retirement, might be buying a house, or it might just be becoming more wealthy in the long term. While active investing tends to focus on buying and selling individual stocks, passive investing generally involves purchasing shares of an index fund or ETF and they aim to duplicate the performance of major market indexes like the S&P 500 or NASDAQ. So I'll go into more detail shortly on what index funds and ETFs are as they kind of sit at the core of passive investing or are the vehicle or investment fund used for passive investors. Like I mentioned in episode one, you can easily buy into say ETFs through brokers, which is just a fancy name for a company who facilitates the buying and selling of shares through say a website or an app. And for index funds, you go straight through the company for example, if you wanted to invest into a Vanguard index fund, you would just go through their website and buy units of the index fund through their website. Whereas an ETF can be purchased from any broker as it's basically listed on the stock market. Now because passive investing is a set and forget approach, it only aims to match the performance of the market, it doesn't require daily attention. So that's why it's a favorite of financial advisors for retirements and savings and other investment goals. Passive investing generally tries to ride or mimic the stock market which historically shows around an 8 to 10% return on average over the long period. So over the last 100 years, uh, the S&P 500 has had average returns of around 10% per year. So what are ETFs and index funds in a bit more detail? ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. So an ETF is like a basket of stocks that gives the investor exposure to a diverse range of companies. Think about a container with hundreds of M&Ms inside. So each M&M represents a different company but they are all inside that one container, just like hundreds of companies inside of one stock. So an example of a very well-known ETF is the ETF called VU, V-O-O. The ETF VU tracks the S&P 500 and is run by Vanguard, which is one of the largest fund managers in the world. Vanguard look after trillions of dollars of investors' money. To buy one stock of VU 
is currently around 350 US dollars. So for that 350 US dollars, you get a small piece of 500 of the largest US companies in that ETF fund VU. Pretty cool, right? So a lot of people will hear the word ETF and think it's really complicated, but it's actually really simple. The exchange traded part just means that they're traded on the stock market. So you can literally go and buy uh, ETF with the click of a button through the same company or broker that you'd buy, say Apple or Tesla. And then the fund part just means it's an investment fund. Looking at the ETF we mentioned before, VU, which tracks the 500 largest companies in the US, or in other words, tracks the S&P 500 index. Some people may think, wow, how do these companies just do so well every year and keep producing that long-term average of 10% returns per year? Well, these 10% returns per year are not guaranteed every year. For example, this year, the S&P 500 is currently down by around 20% year to date. So some years the fund may make a negative return and then other years it will make a positive return. But over the long term, the positive returns have outweighed the negative. So a way that fund managers help these indexes like the S&P 500 stay strong is that they have a quarterly rebalancing program. This means that the fund is analyzed quarterly for companies that are performing really well and then companies that are performing poorly so the companies that are performing really well obviously the fund managers will want to keep them in the fund and the companies that are performing poorly will likely get pulled from the fund and then companies that are not currently in the fund will get promoted into the fund you'll often hear etf and index fund mentioned in the same kind of context they are almost identical there's just very minor differences. ETFs can be purchased on a stock exchange at any time of the day, just like an individual stock. An index fund needs to be purchased through the fund manager directly. And sometimes they have a minimum buy-in price. So for example, if you're wanting to buy an index fund through Vanguard, sometimes you may need a $3,000 minimum investment, whereas an ETF, you can just buy fractional shares or say, VU is $350, you can just buy $100 worth, which would get you just under a third of a share or of that ETF. Therefore, ETFs are generally more accessible and easy to buy, but ETFs and index funds are basically identical. Passive investments like ETFs provide a wide range of different companies and give the benefits of diversification. So what is diversification? Diversification is just a strategy that helps you manage your risk. If you have a whole lot of companies that you're invested in through a fund, your risk is diversified across that pool of companies. So if one company doesn't do so well, it won't be felt as much as compared to holding just a couple of individual stocks where one doesn't do so well, so it drags down all of your portfolio performance. Whereas in the S&P 500, which is diversified across 500 companies, if a handful of those companies don't do very well, it won't be felt very much because the percentage of those companies in the fund won't be necessarily that high. So diversification just strives to smooth out any kind of risk events in a portfolio so the positive performance of some investments neutralize the negative performance of other investments that may not do so well so now you should know the difference between active investing and passive investing both 
ETFs and index funds are popular forms of passive investing. Passive investing is just a term for any investment strategy that avoids the cost of an active human team trying to beat the performance of the market. It's generally a hands-off approach with a long-term mindset. Active investing strategies generally require expensive portfolio management teams and they focus on beating stock market returns and taking advantage of short-term price fluctuations. So passive investment strategies like ETFs seek to only replicate the performance of the financial market index like the S&P 500. There's no expensive team of people working to beat the market, which means the fees are really low. So passive investment funds like Vanguard VU has a management fee of 0.03% and some of these active funds that try to beat the stock market have fees of around 2% per year. So over a long period, low fees can save you tens of thousands of dollars. Passive investment strategies like ETFs and index funds have grown dramatically in popularity versus active strategies, not only due to the fact that the cost benefits of lower management fees uh, will save you money in the long term, but also due to the higher returns on investment, like the example with Warren Buffett where he beat the active investors over a 10-year period just by investing into a low-cost index fund. Thank you for tuning into another Top Flight Investor podcast. If you take anything out of this podcast today, it's check the management fees of your fund that you're investing in, whether it's active or passive, and try get them as low as possible because over the long term, those fees can add up. Thanks for listening.